It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. The, the, the winds of change are blowing through Raider Nation and Silver and Black Today keeps you up to date with the latest news and views about your Las Vegas Raiders. Touchdown Las Vegas! With insight, opinions, and interviews. We're on the cutting edge of what's happening now. Now, now with the latest on your Raiders and the NFL. Your host, Scott Goldbranson and Mo. Welcome back here. Homestretch on Silver and Black today. Heard on the bet in Las Vegas for our radio listeners. Welcome back. And for everyone who listens to us as an Odyssey Originals podcast, we thank you as well. Make sure you hit the subscribe, auto-download button. Scott Goldbranson, Mo Moten, back with you. We're here talking Raiders and Broncos. And we want to talk Broncos. There's only one guy I turn to. That, of course, is Broncos insider Benjamin Albright. You can hear him on Broncos Country tonight on KOA in Denver. Benjamin, man, since the last time we talked, a lot has changed up there. And, of course, we got to start with Sean Payton. Sean Payton comes in. The Sean Payton era begins Sunday against the Raiders at, at Mile High. Talk to me a little bit about this because everybody around the NFL expects the Broncos to make an immediate jump up based on the talent they've had in the past and how it underperformed um, be- before, especially last year with the disaster that was there offensively. Uh, Sean Payton, talk to me about the culture, the feeling around camp, the feeling around the facility. What do you notice most differently, and how quickly did you did you see that happen? Well, the I mean, the change between him and Nathaniel Hackett was was near immediate. Um, there's certainly a more professional vibe here around uh, you know the Broncos facility. I will say the media's job's a little harder as Sean Payton is certainly uh, much more buttoned up and and, and <laughs> controlling than uh, than Nate Hackett. But um, you know, it, it remains to be seen how that translates on the field. Um, you know, the practices. Uh, there's still some issues with with the things that have plagued the Broncos over the years, whether that's blocking with the offensive line, whether that's, you know, the quarterback maybe understanding the system um, or, 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 you know, receivers hanging on to the football. Uh, So it's, you know, offensively, there was nowhere to go but up because it was a historically bad offense last year. That said, uh, I'm not sure anybody expecting Russell Wilson to transform into Drew Brees and sling the ball over the yard. I'm, I'm not sure that they are dealing in reality at the moment. So, Benjamin, this is Mo jumping in here. I, I saw I crept your Twitter, and you had to kind of quell talk or chatter that Jared Stidham looked better than Russell Wilson uh, even before the preseason ended. Where are you on Russell Wilson's development? Is he on his way back to being the Pro Bowl player that we saw him in Seattle, or is he still closer to the guy that we saw last year who struggled under Nathaniel Hackett? I don't think he looks as bad as he did last year, but he certainly hasn't looked as good as he did in, say, the 2020 season. Um, I, I would say, you know, with any – thing there's there's three sides to it you know his hers and the truth and i would say that that's probably uh, uh probably accurate here that uh, you've got a situation where russ is not quite the player he was in 2020 but certainly not the player he was last year either uh, as far as jared stidham goes jared stidham didn't even look better than ben denucci most of training camp so <laughs> the idea that he looked better than russ was, was ludicrous um you know and, and and that's the thing like last if you go back and look i mean in the last preseason game jared stidham had a, had a big yardage total and, and all that kind of stuff but uh reality is he's not uh 
uh, if you go look at the all 22, he's throwing the ball behind receivers. And uh, he's, I mean, you guys are familiar with Jared Stidham. I mean, he's not a starter in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Right. Absolutely. We talk about Russell Wilson and, and the reason I love following you so much too, because those of us who cover specific teams, we know that the, the people on the ground, the people who are covering the team on a day-to-day basis have the best beat to what's going on. You start to see a lot of the coverage nationally, Benjamin, about Russell Wilson and Sean Payton on how Payton's had these come-to-Jesus meetings with him about, hey, you got to put Russell Inc. aside and focus on the team. Help us separate the fact from fiction on that and what's happened and how is that relationship developing between the two of them? Well, I mean, Russ always wanted Sean Payton as a head coach. You know, he wanted to reinvent himself as Drew Brees and, and, and all that kind of stuff. He's very concerned with his football legacy and, uh, you know, thinks he's one of the best to ever do it and wants to, you know, wants to leave the game as uh, a reputation of one of the best to ever do it. And I'm not sure that that, that aligns with his game. I mean, his game is predicated a little differently. Uh, Sean Payton, uh, you know, there's a bit of an ego there. Uh, and so a lot of the stuff that you're seeing out there right now uh, is coming directly from Sean Payton to people like, well, I told Russ he needs to put away the, the PR stuff. Well, Russ was doing PR stuff the Broncos asked him to do last year. You know, what was he going to do? They know. Um, so, you know, I, I, part of this, I mean, part of this whole media tour with Russ thing was the Broncos' fault because, they, you know, they got the new quarterback and they did the same thing they did with Peyton Manning uh, when Manning got here was, you know, the car wash. He's at everything and he's showing up and, you know, and getting the fans excited. Uh, the difference is, is you had a head coach that just wasn't prepared to be a head coach. And, uh, and you know, and, and it, it, it created a bad situation last year, a lot of animosity. So uh, the fact and the fiction, I mean, you know, Sean Payton's in here trying to improve things. Sure. But a lot of the glowing stuff that you hear about Sean Payton or Sean Payton, the, you know, the uh, the guy who told him to quit Russ Incorporated or whatever, uh, that's coming from Sean Payton. And that's, you know, that's for a reason. Uh, Russ is a very private person. He's not putting anybody's business, including his own, out there. Um, you know, you'll see you'll see the photo stuff, but you'll never see Russ out there talking about Russ and or, or talking about others in that regard. So there's a lot of talk about Russell Wilson, and rightfully so, had a disastrous year. So everyone's focused on the quarterback position. But, but correct me if I'm wrong here. I, I think Sean Payne's had some pretty good run games in New Orleans. They signed some J.P. Ryan. They add two offensive linemen in Ben Powers and Mike McGlinchey. Do you feel like there's going to be less pressure on Russell Wilson to carry the offense with an improved run game? Well, I, I think that the offense is going to be predicated around the run game uh, with, the, with the short pass game being an extension of that. Um, I, I, like I said, I think anybody expecting the Drew Brees offense is not dealing in reality. This is going to be a lot closer to the Taysom Hill offense uh, than it was the Drew Brees offense. You're going to see a lot of running the football. Um, this might be this might be the most run-heavy team in the NFL when all said and done, at least by percentage basis. So, um, you know, I think uh, I, I think you're going to see a lot of a lot of power running. You, you'll see Jaleel McLaughlin get about eight touches a game in the uh, kind of the Darren Sproles role. Uh, you're going to see a lot of passes to the backs. Uh, Javante and, and Samad J.P. Ryan both are excellent pass catchers despite being, you know, power runners and power backs not necessarily being uh, thought of as, as great pass catchers. Uh, and I think you'll see a lot to the tight end. Um, you know, Cortland Sutton is going to take over kind of the Mike Thomas role. He'll be the slant guy. Uh, Jerry Judy's injured right now, but you'll you see somebody take over that backside, that kind of Z role right now. Marvin Mims and, and Brandon Johnson seem to be those guys. Um, but this this offense is going to be very run heavy and very, very running back oriented. And I think you'll see Russ take off a lot more than you did last year. I mean, last year he was playing at darn near 240 pounds. He's down to 215 now. Um, so I think you're going to see Russ take off a little more. 
Let's switch to the defensive side of the ball, Benjamin, and you look at the signings. Obviously, Zach Allen, uh, Frank Clark there to to a defense that has always done pretty well. Uh, talk a little bit about where they're at, what you're seeing as far as this defense holding its own, because obviously the division continues to get better. I mean, you could argue, some people are arguing the Raiders aren't getting much better, but they have a pretty good offense. Uh, and as you pointed out on Twitter the other day, they the Broncos have not beaten the Raiders since 2019, uh, December 2019. Uh, when you look at that unit and the coaching and all that stuff that's happening in Denver, uh, is this unit, it's never been a top five unit, but it's been pretty dang good. Do you continue to see them being more dominant on defense? Well, yeah, I do. I mean, this defense is good and, and they've not been top five the last few years, mostly by virtue of how much they've been on the field because the offense is stuck. Uh, if you look at, you know, you start to look at a per play basis and metrics like that, the defense has been mostly top five in that in that span, top seven at worst. Um, and, and I do think you're going to see that. It's going to be a little bit different this year because during the Vic Fangio era and the Vero who continued that, you, you know, you kind of saw a defense that uh, sent the least amount of pressure that they needed to and dropped everybody back. Vance Joseph is a lot more aggressive, wants to send everybody at the quarter so you're going to see a lot more pressure coming. Um, the Raiders picked on that defense a lot over the last couple of years. You saw Derek Carr picking on the Broncos in the flats because that's where that cover four defense was susceptible. Um, that that doesn't really exist anymore. Um, they're running some, you know, they're running some stuff that covers the flats. They're running some a lot more middle of the field close than they used to, uh, and they're certainly sending a lot more people after the quarterback. So you're going to see a lot more sacks out of this defense. Now they'll probably give up a few more big plays than they used to, but uh, you're certainly going to see some uh, some differences. Like, hey, over the last couple of years, I think you've seen four total defensive back blitzes, uh, nickelback blitzes, um, you know, out of this defense. We saw more of that in the preseason than than, than I care to, to, to imagine. So <laughs> you're going to see some things that you haven't seen the last couple of years. This isn't the same defense that they had, um, you know, philosophically, even if they talk about it being that same philosophy, it's not um, that they were running under Vic and Averro. So you're going to see a lot more aggression out of this defense. What up, y'all? It's your boy Danny Green, three-time NBA champ. You either rooted for me or rooted against me. Join myself and my co-host Harrison Sanford on the Inside the Green Room podcast. It's a podcast that brings you never-before-told tales from the locker room to candid interviews with basketball legends to breakdowns of what's happening in the NBA right now. Whether you're a diehard fan or casual about your hoops, this podcast brings you the game like never before. Follow Inside the Green Room on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. So you have a post out there in Colorado. I remember when the Broncos acquired Russell Wilson, their Super Bowl odds immediately shot up. Are fans out there now more skeptical because of what happened last year, or has Sean Payton just completely kind of changed that where it's it's we're m- making the playoffs and we're going to actually win playoff games? And the second part of this question is, are fans out there more excited for the Broncos this year or Colorado with Deion Sanders doing what he's doing or did what he did with TCU last week? Well, it's funny that you say that because I was going to incorporate that in my answer as you were uh, as you were asking the question. I, I think fans here have a healthy skepticism because they've been through, uh, you know, the number of coaches that they've been through since they've been successful. Um, and so I think there is a healthy skepticism there. Like, hey, OK, Sean Payton's here. But, you know, we had Russell Wilson last year. Like, what is you know, what does this mean? Let's let's see it before we. Uh, uh, you know, before we anoint them. And that said, I think that Deion Sanders coming in, talking the talk and then walking the walk, I, I think that created more optimism for Broncos fans mm. uh, that Sean Payton could come in here and turn things around quickly than uh, than perhaps there was before Deion won. So, uh, you know, I think that uh, the Broncos dominate the dial here. I mean, if you pay attention, you get in the weeds on the radio stuff. I mean, the Broncos are a 93%, 91 to 93%, you know, what you should be talking about. But the Buffs may start eating into that. Uh, especially if they continue to win, they beat Nebraska this weekend, which you know it's a big ask because they're a good uh, uh, they're a good run team. But 
I think uh, I, I think what Dion has done is created more optimism for the Broncos and not not necessarily taken away from it. Yeah, people are pumped up about football in general. Not to mention the Denver Nuggets, but that's a separate conversation. Uh, Benjamin, last question I have for you. When you look at this team and obviously how things have changed so significantly with Sean Payton in charge there, and of course over last year when new ownership take o- took over, um, what's the what's the ceiling for this team this year? Is this an 8, 9, 10? What are you thinking as far as the Broncos netting out uh, this season in the NFL? I've said it's a seven to eleven win range. I mean, if everything breaks correctly, you know, and, and you know, the defense is on fire, maybe you get to eleven wins. Um, you know, and and they do have a soft schedule to start the season, so that can help. Um, the, the flip side of that, you know, if if you you start getting injured and, and everything goes the wrong way, I think you're looking at probably a seven win team. Um, you know, they're they're thin at receiver right now, uh, and you know, and if they, they get any more injuries there, that could that could be a problem. Um, the offensive line, even with the additions, uh, still struggled a bit, and that's that's been a problem for me. Defensively, I think they're going to be fine. The question is is the offensive side of the ball, the running backs line and receivers stay healthy and if they do uh, I think that can carry them to you know eight nine ten wins is probably the most likely outcome and then you know they get a couple of breaks maybe to 11 uh, I think they flirt with the playoffs I think they'll be com- competitive into December uh, and January and um, you know whether or not they can they can push through the playoffs and maybe be a wild card team remains to be seen all right there you go Benjamin Albright follow him on Twitter or X whatever the heck you want to call it these days he is at Albright NFL. You can also catch him on KOA in Denver on Broncos Country tonight. Benjamin, always a pleasure, my friend. Thank you so much for the time. Absolutely, guys. Take care. Thanks again, Benjamin Albright, KOA Denver Broncos tonight, uh, Broncos Insider. Always good stuff from Benjamin Mo and a good follow on Twitter, by the way. I love how he dishes it out, takes it back, uh, and and he's polarizing. You know, Raider Nation has its Josh Dubow. Now he's not he's not that hated, but there's like a small percentage of Broncos fans <laughs> who who really go after him, and it's it's very odd. But anyway, we appreciate Benjamin being on. All right, Mo. As you can see, the most Radamus crystal ball is back out. If you're watching us on YouTube, you know what I'm talking about. And I know Kelly Kreiner is going to make this into his next T-shirt to go with the Mo Plus Four and all the other Midtown Mo shirt, everything that's <laughs> out there, the whole line of Mo Moten gear. The high-end stuff's going to be called just Maurice. That, that's just nuts, by the way. <laughs> it's all good. It, it's that's, all good. Love it. Yeah, Hard work it pays is. off, my friend. Um, but anyway, Broncos, Raiders, tell me what you're thinking about this game. Uh, it's at uh, four and a half points the last time I checked. Um, and Russell Wilson's a go, uh, as we heard. Uh, Jerry Judy, not so much. But when you look at this Denver team, the defense clearly – Good still defense. The offense should be better. I mean, it couldn't be any worse. What are you thinking about this game, uh, week one of the Raiders up in Mile High? Okay, so this is fresh on my mind because I just put out the betting column for Bleacher Report, and I had the analysis on that game, of course. <laughs> and I have I have the Raiders winning outright 24-21. Ooh. Now, just to explain how things work out, if you're going to look at the betting com over on Bleacher Report, NFL Week 1 picks by experts, four out of seven of us have the Raiders covering the spread, which means we think the Raiders are at least going to lose by less than four points or four and a half points. I have the Raiders winning outright, and another one of my colleagues has the Raiders winning outright, which kind of shocked me because 
generally speaking, our, our panel is usually kind of low on the Raiders. But this uh, this year, maybe it's a Russell Wilson thing. Maybe I, I think that's part of it. A lot of my colleagues don't think Russell Wilson is going to bounce back or he's going to at least have a slow start. So we're taking the Raiders against the spread. If you're betting against the spread, I would feel confident about that number at four, four and a half, either one. But if you're picking the Raiders outright, I wouldn't be shocked if they won a the game because Benjamin Albright pointed this out on, on Twitter X. The Raiders have beaten the Broncos six straight games. Yeah. They haven't beaten the Raiders since the Raiders moved to Las Vegas. So yeah, they haven't beat them since 2019 December. So it they have they have a, a solid streak. They have had the Broncos number. Yes, and and I'm not going to give a score, but uh, up on SportsNot.com, all the writers and editors are picking games weekly as well. And you're right, only two of us. Uh, out of the five, pick the Raiders. Uh, our good friend and editor uh, Vincent Frank over there as well picked the Raiders uh, to win. And that's not against the spread. That's just straight up, right? So these are straight up picks. But in his weekly betting column, Vincent also took the Raiders over the Broncos as the as sports not lock. Like that is the lock. That's the game that they think above all else is going to be a good bet for folks out there. So so there's some there's some energy here around the Raiders in Denver. Uh, which I think is some of the skepticism I've had over the Broncos, especially early in the season until they get that system. We saw what happened with Josh McDaniels last year, a new coach coming in. I think Sean Payton will be successful there eventually, but it's going to take some time. And so I like the Raiders. The fact that they get to play at mile high the first week of the season is actually beneficial to them, despite the changes they've had. So so I'm I'm there with you. It should be real interesting uh, to see how this game, but we will be there. Mo will have his live Bleacher Report after the game, correct? Yes, that's correct. As soon as the game's over. As soon as the game's over, Mo's on. We will all, I will also be on, by the way, I'll announce right now, and we're going to have a, a blitz with him tomorrow here on Silver and Black Today. But um, the, the Pro Sports fan app that we talked about with Sean that I'm going to be doing uh, live in-game kind of Manning cast type stuff. You can watch it on your phone, and we're there the whole game. Myself, and if for those of you familiar in Raider Nation, Big Corey. Yes, big Corey. So, yes, the odd couple. It's going to be the odd couple. <laughs> but we're going to have fun, man. I'm telling you. Uh, he's gonna, I think he might have me laughing the whole game is what's going to happen. If you thought Scott and I were polar opposites, <laughs> Corey and Scott are like North and South Pole. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> it's going to be, it's going to be a pretty interesting mix. Get familiar with Corey and his work. It's pretty hilarious. His, yeah. his, the voiceovers that he does, the commentary that he does. Looking forward to seeing this duo that spawns over <laughs> on PSF. It's going to be fantastic. It's going to be fun. So we'll do that. And then we will also have our post-game show. Uh, so stay tuned for details with that with Murph. Uh, and if Mo can hop in, he will. Uh, Sundays are a crazy day for him. And now for me more than ever, uh, because back in the business full time. So it's going to be fun, man. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I know you tweeted out, um, was it, uh, maybe either Wednesday, maybe it was Wednesday where you said, Hey, 10 years of covering the NFL, that excitement. Cause you were doing your work, getting ready for the season. Uh, I know fans feel it. Um, and, and even though we had Jason Lock and Flora talk about the Raiders not being so good this year, people are still excited <laughs> and you should be. Uh, but just so you know, for those of us who cover it, it's just as exciting, right? We look at it objectively, but at the same time, it's just as exciting. The fact that we get to work in this, Mo, is is a blessing beyond beyond words. I compare it to the jitters you get. And I, I know everyone didn't love school back in the day. But you remember <laughs> that first day of school 
you know, you're looking forward to seeing people or you're looking forward just to having a fresh new year, just a fresh new everything, right? Especially if you're going to a new school. You may have some jitters, oh, yeah. right? Especially if you're a Raider fan, you may have some jitters about this team too. So there's some parallels there, but you're still excited like that, you know, laying out your first outfit, waiting for that first game. You're going to have to throw on your Josh Jacobs jersey, Devontae Adams jersey, maybe your Jimmy Garoppolo jersey, your Max Crosby jersey. And get ready for the game. So for the fans out there, whether the prognosis or our expectations are high or low, whatever the case may be, be excited for the season because I think it's a lot sweeter when your team is able to exceed those expectations yes. and prove a lot of people wrong. Very well said and a great way to end the show. Mo, uh, I will see you at some point Sunday um, and, <laughs> and we'll have a lot of fun. Make sure you follow Mo on Twitter because he's got a lot of work going on. And so if you're going to follow all of it, the best thing to do is just follow him on the X on Twitter, at Momoton, M-O-E-M-O-T-O-N. You can follow me at LV Gully. Going into the weekend, we have you have writing, you have your lives, I have writing, we have all this stuff going on. So just 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 go there, and you'll you'll see what we're up to. So we appreciate it. Um, Mo, enjoy, my man. I'll talk to you Sunday night. I'll get some sleep, recharge my batteries, <laughs> and get ready for Sunday. Vitamins, lots of smoothies, man. Lots of avocado. That <laughs> avocado oil is really good for you. It's good fats. Right? And so you're going to soak that in, man. You're going to need that. It's going to be good. All right. For our producer, Mike Robier, for Momotin, I am Scott Branson. This has been Silver and Black Today, an Odyssey original podcast, also heard on The Bet in Las Vegas. And we'll talk to you on Sunday night.